Hello and welcome back. We are breaking up with RBS. This is episode number 63 and I am Tani Santabria. And I am JDK Winnikin and we are back together again. The band is back together mm-hmm. to, <laughs> I was going to say uh, debunk the funk, but it's oh. debunk the junk. Oh. Well, you know, the band yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, but I you don't like want to debunk funk. You want to you want to no. bunk up the funk. Yes, Never mind. that's true. That's true. Uh, we want to keep the funk. We don't. We want. We don't want to get rid of the funk. We want to keep the funk. So, let's do that. Right. So more <laughs> funk, less junk. Yes. There we go. Yes. So good. All right. Well, welcome. W- really good to see you, Tony. How are you doing? Nice to see you too. You know, <clears throat> a lot of people are asking me that question lately. How am I doing? Mm-hmm. And right. And so I'm really making sure I don't just say the standard answer. I am noticing myself just saying exactly how I'm doing, which, you know, if you listen to last week's show that you did all on your own, you might, um, might know that maybe there's some sad there. Maybe there's some grief that's happening. Well, of course there's grief happening, but in any given moment, um, just, just reflecting on being, um, clear, present, and honest about what I'm feeling. So, yeah. Right. And so the ingredients of that probably change moment by moment or kind of flow back and forth, different types of things in and out. Oh, for sure. I mean, just like anything, right? Our, our emotions sort of ebb and flow. They come in, they come out, um, all the good ones and, and all the hard ones and all the neutral ones. Um, yeah. Moment to moment is, is different. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, well, um, it is good to have it good to have you back on. Um, what do you feel like talking about today? I want to kind of put it in your court. Um, you know, I talked a little bit about what was going on for you last week, but, um, mm-hmm. what do you, what do you feel like talking about with all this stuff going on, all this ebb and flow? Yeah. Yeah. I want to say first though, before we dive into anything, you did a fantastic job last week. Um, just, just kind of, um, sharing and, and summarizing all the different things that, that, um, I'd been feeling and the conversations that we'd had over time in the last couple of weeks. And as I listened, um, I, I felt really heard and, and that you understood. And I really appreciated that. So I just want to say that before we dive in. Oh, thank you. Well, you're very welcome. Uh, it was, it was something that uh, it, it felt strange on one hand to be in here without you talking without you on, on another hand, on the other hand. Um, and I think I even said this to the listeners that there was, you know, still very connected with what's happening with you. And, uh, and I knew how tough it was, right. We talked about it enough and, you know, there was a whole lot going on and it's a process that, that is open-ended, right. <laughs> it just never know how that's going to go and you know how it's going to affect things and, and what it does. But, at the same time, I know you and I have shared that, you know, the strong belief and conviction that you have to let grief come in and visit when it, when it arrives. You have to leave it because that's the only way to get through it is to, is to go through that. So, um, 
Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I don't have to do that all the time. So thank you for coming back. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, you knew I'd be back. It was just a matter of when, right? Yeah, I knew you'd be back. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, well, <laughs> well, thank you for that. And um, I was happy to do it, honored to do it. And um, and I know we've gotten some some positive feedback. I, I think it helps some other people as well. So that always feels good. Mm, glad. I'm glad to hear that. You know, one of the things that I noticed going through it, and not that this is the first time I've had a, um, a, a loss where there would be some significant grief. Um, my mom passed away in 2017. So having, mm. you know, now my dad. Um, one of the things, though, that I really noticed this go around, I guess, if you will, um, was the presence of gratitude, um, the, the speckles mm. of gratitude any time grief arrived at the door. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so things like it was like, like what? Yeah, it was almost like um, for things like just this moment, um, just just, you know, being where I was in that particular moment or um, being able to enjoy a particular uh, meal or being able to see something differently than I had seen it before. Um, kind of all the little things that sort of sort of arrived at the same time as grief did. Um, and, 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 and just to experience those two coming together, uh, grief and gratitude, um, was something I, I didn't recognize that was present in previous losses. Um, so maybe I was paying hmm. attention a little bit differently this time. I'm not sure. Hmm. That, you know, it's funny because I, I started out last week's show talking about, you know, I really thought where I would go would be talking a lot about gratitude and, and grief coming together. And that was part of it. But, you know, I, I'm very reluctant to make these big assertions without you <laughs> because usually you're here to say, eh, yeah, or yes, 100%. But I've always had this sense, and I'm wondering what you think of this, that it seems to me that with grief, because it's significant enough of a thing that you have lost to have grief about, the gratitude would show up somewhere in there, almost, almost inevitably at some w in some way, shape, or form, Maybe that's too broad of a sweeping statement because you're saying this time you're noticing it more than last time. But what do you think about that relationship? Do they go hand in hand or is that too simple? Yeah, you know, I think that there is um, a way to keep it all in our head. Like, okay, so in this moment of experiencing a significant amount of sadness, we have learned to tell ourselves sometimes, well... Um, the, you know, you experienced this because you had love and care and connection, and now that's lost. And, 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 and so we can, tr we can, you know, go to our head and tell ourselves, okay, I'm going to be okay because, um, th this means that I had something significant. Uh, but I, I feel like, and I was able to do that with, when my mom passed, you know, just this sort of like thinking space of, okay, yep, I feel gratitude though that she was my mom and we had all the memories and things like that. But, but that being from a, a thinking space, I guess, this experience for me was a little different. It was almost like they could be simultaneously felt in my body differently. And maybe that's because, or together, right? Um, so it was a moment to moment as opposed to a thinking it just showed up and arrived 
and I just noticed the moment instead of having to think about it. I don't know if that makes sense. It, it does. I'm, I'm, what comes to mind for me is I'm wondering one thing, like what did it feel like? You said you could feel them both in your body. What was, how did you distinguish between the two? Besides, you know, gratitude feeling a little bit better yeah. than grief. Yeah. What do they feel like in your body? I what think you for me, um, it was the, 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 the depth of feeling. There was just this sense mm. of um, hard and unpleasant and okay and grateful and being able to maneuver and see things differently or experience things differently. So I, I, it was almost like for me, this, this, it was, they were intertwined. So to separate, mm. um, I don't know if I noticed them separate, just okay. this sense of them both being able to merge together and be experienced in a more, I, in a, it was just very meaningful. Um, I don't know what else to say about that. Um, sure. but I think that when we allow, sure. I mean, I think this is the thing. I think that when we allow all that needs to show up to show up and we give it all space instead of I'm supposed to feel this, or I'm supposed to feel that, or I'm supposed to communicate mm -hmm. this, or I'm supposed to communicate that we just let what is here be here together. There's just this sense of a deeper um, more meaningful sort of experience. Like, and, and we're out of our head when we do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which just provides more ease. Right. And, and more, and more connection. And I, I personally think at least in, in my experience with, with things that are similar, uh, there's more of a, there's less of a panic that comes up or less of a, less of an intensity, uh, of needing to do something with those emotions, you know, um, I know in the, in the past, I have not, I have not lost a parent. Um, that will, of course, will happen someday to, uh, to me and, and to all of us. Uh, but I have lost very close friends very suddenly. And I, and this was a while back, my most recent one. And I remember back then kind of carving out and, and, and taking emotions and stuffing them into various corners of my mind and really without knowing it, stuffing it into corners of my body, you know, um, one, when one of my good friends passed away, me and another uh, buddy of his, uh, we were the ones who ended up putting together everything for his memorial and everything like that, just to, just to help out his wife. And so we did all of it. And we just kind of went into this. We talked about it, you know, for years afterwards. We just went into this mode of we're just going to get this done. We're going to do all these things. We're going to blah, 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 blah. And we did not effectively prepare ourselves for what it was going to be like when we were doing the memorial and suddenly we're confronted by everybody's emotions. There were 600 people at his funeral and we're, we're confronted by all this. And it was overwhelming. It was exhausting. It was, I remember feeling really divided against myself by the time it was done. I did not feel any of that integrated at all. And so I would just get buffeted by these waves of, of grief release and then some relief. And then it would start up again. And I hated every second of it because I wasn't really accepting it as this is just what's here. I wasn't letting it, you know, it was knocking at the door and I really didn't want it to be sitting in my way. So um, I'm glad you had a different experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, um, yeah, well, that would have been before you yeah. started to allow whatever shows up to show up. 
there would have been a story about mm. each emotion that was showing up and then a determ an evaluation of whether or not it was pleasant or unpleasant, good or bad, right or wrong. And then that would have determined what you would have done with it. 100%, 100%, you, you said that very well. Uh, you know, and I was I was really buffeted for a while by a lot of regret because before my buddy passed away, I had not I had not talked with him in a while. And there was just that assumption that we would. Right. We was one of those friendships. We don't really worry about it. Right. You pick up where you leave off and and all that. And but I remember for a while being really affected by that being I should have should have should have, you know, done more of, you know, done more of that, been more connected, you know, spend more time if I had only known right? There were things I would have wanted to say, you know, wanted to do one more time. Those are a lot of stories I recognize now, you know, but whoa, those were powerful. And I, and I, I know I've been through, uh, been seen a lot of friends and others go through periods of grief and that comes up a lot. You know, I didn't have a chance to blank. I wish I would have been able to blank or that type of thing. You know, I think that's common. That's a headspace thing though. It is. And it almost blocks the, the uh, just mm -hmm. in letting the emotion just be what it is and where it is. Um, so mm -hmm. that sort of keeps it from the flow. And then, you know, I've talked to a lot of people over, over a lot of years of, you know, how long is this going to last? <laughs> I feel, you know, I yeah. just feel this feeling since it been, it's six months or it's a year or it's, you know, Two years, um, how long is this going to last? Well, part of it, it can be that if we've like really stuffed it, if we've lodged it into mm -hmm. the different, you know, crevices of our body or, or we don't allow for it, it's going to keep popping in mm -hmm. and, it, and it'll feel like it's never even left. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the, the other thing that can happen and it's happened with me and I've seen, and I think I've probably done this with other people in the past is as you have friends or loved ones going through this and some time passes and there's, it's still a real thing for them. You know, there can be then this drive of like, well, when are you going to let that go? Or when, you know, maybe you need to, you know, get back out there, you know, if it's a dating thing or, you know, need to, need to distract yourself. All of a sudden we can start becoming really concerned with how other people's grief is going for them, you know? And I'm not sure that's always, that's always that helpful because, you know, the, this is the type of thing that I think comes and goes. I know I've been hit by spots of grief for my friend out of nowhere, you know, seven, eight years later, you know, it's just not something I think we can necessarily put an end date or an end mark on or go, okay, I'm okay now. No. And, and the, that's the other part of it. A couple of things is when we allow and invite and accept, we feel that we're okay. So we're not mm -hmm. waiting to be okay. We can feel all of the things and still be okay. As unpleasant right. as the feelings are, we, we still can know that we're okay. And that's that mix of grief and gratitude. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think when, I think when we were communicating while you were, while you were out of state, um, I think I said something to you about, about being under the big okayness umbrella, like, you know, that with all the different emotions that you had to have been feeling, particularly having a holiday, happen right in the middle of this, right? Thanksgiving happened right in the middle of this, that I was hoping that under the big okayness umbrella, everything else was feeling manageable, all those different feelings. And that's sort of what I, it feels like for me sometimes is when, 
you can have that experience of being okay even with all the painful feelings. You're kind of under the okayness umbrella, right? There's certainly you're feeling all those feelings, but you know you're not getting wet, right? You're, you're protected from that at least. That's a, that's a visual that comes up for me. So big okayness umbrella. It sounds like a 60s, uh, you know, psychedelic album title, but nevertheless. You know. I was thinking, and maybe, maybe because I'm just hungry right now, I was thinking of a beef stew. Plus, it's really cold outside. So a warm <laughs> beef stew. I think we've talked about beef stew on this before, but sort of like we may all have, of the, yeah. yeah, all of the emotions, you know, you've got your carrots and maybe a little bit of, of um, sadness or the carrots, and then you've got your beef and maybe that's a little, that's the gratitude. Maybe, maybe um, the celery is the laughter um, that, you know, associated with positive memories. However, we want to sort of delineate all those things. But when we put them all together, and we let them be all together instead of trying to separate it all out there's a richness and, and a mm. and and a tastiness to it um hopefully mm -hmm. if we put the right you know what i mean you know we didn't put any salt in there maybe not but you know what i mean like like um <laughs> um there's there, it, it's it's a different experience than if you just ate the carrot by itself yeah absolutely Absolutely. And, and, and the stew wouldn't taste the same without all those ingredients, right? It just, it just simply wouldn't. Um, and everybody's beef stew may have similar ingredients sometimes, but they taste different. There's different elements to it. Uh, I like that. I like that. Um, and, and it can be, and it's sustaining, you know, you can sustain yourself on that stew. It's, it's, it's something that, that I know for me, the big thing about it was this recognition that even I talked about last week and you and I've talked about it before that, that the amount of grief you have over something is, is directly proportional back to how much it meant. And, and you simply cannot escape that. I mean, you could try, you can push it all away. You can compartmentalize it. You can jam it down into the corners of your body. But the reality of that loss, the reality is the reality. And, and yet, grief in some ways to me, what I've always found fascinating about, not always, but now is that it's expression of its, of its depth is an expression of what it meant. An expression of the same love that brought all the joy, that brought all the belonging, that brought all the great memories. And so to honor the grief is to honor the love and the meaning. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We can't have one without the other. Go, they do go hand in hand. And I think that sometimes what I find is that folks are so afraid, fear, fearful of grief that, that then there will be a limitation around care or love so that that grief isn't felt as, as big. Um, but they go, they go hand in hand. And uh, it, well, yeah, like to mm -hmm. your point, like it'll never be any different. That's just the way that works. That's right. It's just mm -hmm. the way it works. Yeah. And the only thing we can really do is if we're avoiding that reality, it seems to me, if, we're get, if we can only either be in connection mode or protection mode, to cut that grief off is to go into protection mode. And suddenly all the people that are still with us in this case are going to be cut off from us no matter how much they want to connect, they want to help, they want to be there, they want to you know continue to move forward with us. If we cut ourselves from off from our own grief, we're effectively cutting off everybody else too, it seems to me. Yeah, I would say grief is a connector. I mean, it's intended to be a connector because we've all, we all experience it. We can all relate 
to someone else. I mean, like we feel someone else's grief. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we can't not feel it, right? That is connecting. So if we keep ourselves from that, or if we keep others at bay from that, like, okay, I'm not supposed to, ex you know, express grief. I'm not, I'm, I've got to, you know, just buck up and keep on going. I've got to, you know, be more private about this. Certainly, there's maybe something to that to some degree, but the other part of it is like this is sort of what connects us as humans. It is. And yeah, I think you're right. It's not something we necessarily have to advertise to the world in, in response, you're right, or, or dump on everyone's lap. At the same time, you know, we all know the outlets that, that you know, are helpful that we could go to, the people that care about us. Because when when things like loss happen, suddenly you have a lot of people reaching out and, and saying, hey, I heard this. Let me know if you need anything. Um, there is that desire to connect. And that's interesting because we can, if we're experiencing grief ourselves, we can have this temptation to run away from it, to pack it away, to ignore it. But when we know someone else is grieving, we tend to reach out, right? And so, and, and it's funny. I, I, I remember seeing one time a, a uh, a study that was done and they were, they were, they sent some students out to these outdoor cafes and unbeknownst to the, the other parish, uh, uh, patrons, they would be filming what was going on. And th some of these students would just start laughing and be laughing about something. And suddenly everybody's around starts laughing too, right? There's a connectivity there. And then in other instances, they would start crying and it would be the same thing. It would still, people would draw in. Are you okay? Or, you know, what's the matter? You know, that, that type of thing. And the idea was to see to what degree it, what did it do to other people around them? And what they found is in both cases, more people wanted to connect with this total stranger than they really did wanting to run away or get away from them. You know, it was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're wired for that. Mm -hmm. We know, we know mm -hmm. that we can handle it. We know somewhere in our body, right? That's why we... <laughs> go towards, right? We know in our body, we can handle this. We've been taught in our thinking space to not deal with it, run away from it, view it as a problem, yeah. or it's too painful. So, mm -hmm. or we don't know what to say, right? Sometimes we don't know what to say when we want to help. That's true. And that's true. And if we don't know what to say, sometimes we'll avoid also. Oh yeah, that can happen as well. That's, that's true. Uh, not knowing what to do, what to say, or, you know, um, I, I said on the episode last week, I was laughing about how many times I offered you assistance, you know, over the course of a week saying, if you need anything, let me know. And I <laughs> did. Somehow you forgot the first 49 times and you did. I did, I did I, need I, some I, things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did, you did. And I was happy to, and, 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 and yet, you know, that's that type of thing. I was coming from a place of Yes, wanting to help and, you know, you want to do something. And also a recognition that that's about all I can do is offer that and then offer, you know, a space, right? Either to help out or to listen or, or whatever. And we all have important roles we can play in that moment to moment with the people that we care about and in the midst of ours. Yeah. 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 There's nothing really to fix here. It, 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 yeah. it is a part of life that, that we're all going to have some experience with. Yeah, and it sure seems to me that the, 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 the willingness and our ability to not make grief a problem and let it flow is the big difference point in how grief affects the rest of our lives 
as opposed to someone who's stuffing it down and avoiding it, how it affects their life. I mean, and the stuffing of that can cause a whole lot of difficulties. Um, we've seen, right, for plenty of people. And this whole show is about, you know, letting things ease up a bit. So, yeah, yeah. So no need for a story about what all of this means. It it just is, and it will be what it will be. And um, when I'm sad, I say I'm sad. And if I need something, I ask for help. And and whatever comes next comes next. And so far, so good. Um, and yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm just, I'm happy to be back. Happy to have this space to be able to, mm. to get back, you know, talking about what we talk about. And, um, but I, I needed the time. I needed the time to grieve. I needed the time and space mm. to take care of myself and my family. And, um, and I appreciate that you were on the same page with me with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause you know, as I, as I said to our listeners uh, last week, you know, this is where the rubber meets the road with all the practice that we talk about, you know, doing practicing presence and, and doing this around smaller things can help when the big things roll down, you know, to we've had some practice <laughs> how to do it. And there's very few things that are bigger than grief, you know, uh, certainly big joys and all those things too. But yeah, so I, I appreciate you, um, you know, letting me help first of all. And then second, coming back on and sharing about this because it's, um, it's tough. And as I knew was the case, you're also okay. Those yes. Clearly doing just, they're clearly coexisting. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm glad to see that. Not surprised to see that knowing you, but glad to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Feels good. All right. Yeah. Thank you. And thank and thanks to everybody uh, for listening uh, to this episode of Breaking Up with RBS. Be sure to uh, subscribe to this wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a review. Uh, we would really appreciate it. You can also find our YouTube channel, Breaking Up with RBS. We also have a Facebook group of the same name where you can communicate with us directly and get content between shows. You can also check out Tawny's six week self mastery course at unperfectyourself.com. Sign up for that and you can start practicing all these things that we're talking about in the context of your own life. And so whether you're going through grief or just going through life right now without it, check that out. It could be really great for you. So until next time, I am JDK Winnikin. And I'm Tawny Santabria. All right. We will see you next week. Take care, everybody. And Tawny's, Tawny's still there somewhere. <laughs> see you next week. I'm in my groove. Here we go. Break a friend. Need it up front.